Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Episode 12, Get Your Groove Back with Kimberly Seltzer. You're listening to The Race for the Ring, a podcast about dating in the digital decade. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm a PR queen, a published inspirational author, motivational speaker, mom, and dating diva. Each week, I'll have a special guest dish dating dilemmas and delights with me, and together we'll maneuver how to play the game, not get played, and claim the most prized possession, self-love. Ready? Set? Go! Today's guest is an amazing woman who helps people put their best foot forward in the dating world. She's America's number one dating makeover and confidence expert. She transforms lives every day and teaches thousands of women how to love themselves from within. I'm so happy to welcome Kimberly Seltzer. What an honor to have you. Oh, it's an honor to be here. I'm so like I'm super excited about our conversation today because I I I feel like in our own personal stories, we have a lot in common too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you tell me, <laughs> yeah. let's see, first tell me where, what your dating status is. How did you get to become who you are? How do you instill the confidence? And I'm curious to know what you think our closest like matches are in our backstories of our love lives and such. Yes. Well, I am glad that you're actually asking about my personal journey because honestly, I don't think I'd be doing what I do without having my own journey attached to it and my own transformation. So, I mean, the long, uh, I'll try to make it a shorter story, a shorter oh, version, fine. but yeah. this is, really relates to what we're going to talk about today because I, I, I wasn't always this, right? Like I used to live in Chicago. I had a very traditional life. I practiced as a therapist for many, many years in a traditional sense. So mm-hmm. obviously I had a traditional life and I thought that was my trajectory really. And um, I had, you know, a couple young kids and a husband and the picket fence, the, and you know, obviously still have the kids, but you see where the story's going. Um, so we all, right? Like, the most important part of the equation. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. People are like, okay, okay, I can fill in the uh, the holes. But anyway, we all pick up as a family. We move here to La La Land. We land here. We do what all the other people here do. We get a divorce. I'm joking, obviously. Like issues, yes. issues going on here. So, um, but really what it did, it kind of highlighted things that were going on in the relationship. And mm-hmm. there I was in my new castle all alone with not knowing what to do with this new life. I mean, it's like the record completely stopped. And I have to say it was a really, really dark moment in my life and my clothes reflected it. And this actually goes into what I do today. And, you know, 
I remember looking in the mirror and seeing a really just sad girl with big ginormous black clothes. I still had the nursing bras on. Mind you, I was not nursing anyone. Wait, how old were your kids, Kimberly, that they, you're still wearing the nursing bras? Yeah. If they, they weren't were, still breastfeeding. Well, I was done with breastfeeding. So like my little one was two and a half. So obviously okay. done. And my yeah, one, yeah. They had like full teeth off. and everything at that yeah. point. They're not nursing <laughs> on your boob. No. I mean, there are some women who do that, which just fascinates me because I was so done when they were done, you know. Yeah, that's and a whole other conversation. Completely. We digress. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And behold, you know, I'm looking in this mirror and it was, I was like, oh my God, like who had I become? You know, this, this frumpy mom. And it was like the black clothes reflected my mindset. I, I could not get out of my own way or out of these clothes. And what's really interesting is up until that point, I used to work from the inside out, right? As a therapist. And for sure. sakes, I was a therapist. I should know better. Like, I'm like, why aren't things happening for me? And what I realized is that I had a great support system. I did lots of counseling myself, my family kind of rallied together, but I couldn't see myself differently. I still had this reflection in my head of who I was. Frumpy mom, no one could love me. And that's what you were exuding, right? Basically. Completely. Yeah. And so what happened is I remember looking in the mirror one day, I got to that point where I was so fed up mm -hmm. that I'm like, you know what? I'm going shopping. Like I hate. That's my answer for everything. <laughs> shopping therapy. You know, like yeah. all else fails. So true, here though. I go shopping. You'll love this. I go shopping. And I think I'm up leveling myself by getting new clothes. What am I doing? You're I'm buying the same stuff? All of the same black clothes again. Three sizes too big. You know, like, and I'd lost weight. So I hadn't really seen my new body. Yeah. And this personal shopper, she was watching me and she comes up to me. She said, ma'am. I think you should try this on. And uh -huh. she holds up this red dress uh -huh. that looked like three sizes too small. I said, that's really sweet of you, but that's not my size and it's not my color. And she said, honey, that is your size. That is your color. Try it on. Good for and her. It was like, I call like it my red dress moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was yeah. a moment. And you know, sometimes in the universe when you're not able to hear something, but then when you do, you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. I, I needed that. And so I took that dress, I tried it on and like Cinderella, I twirled around, I looked in the mirror and I was like, bam. There and I then am. your whole mindset just kind of like started to shift at that you know, point. It's almost like, I know it sounds almost fairy tale-ish, but this no. is what I actually practiced today. And what I did is I saw myself, there was this visceral response that happened in my body that I realized, wow, there is a symbiotic relationship between the outer and inner, you know, and, and it does work together in ways people feel about themselves. So I bought that dress that day almost as a costume. I still hmm. don't believe it, but I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to wear this and try it on and, and act as if and see. So when I walked out into the world in the red dress, all this magic started happening that you read in my bio and all that. And really what it had to do with is I was finally comfortable being seen. Yeah, I was I, wearing I, the black clothes as a cloak to keep me invisible from the world, to keep me invisible from men because mm -hmm. I was scared. I didn't, yeah. I, I had no clue what I was doing and if I would even be like love worthy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. it was a transformative moment and 
afterwards, that's when my life started changing. I started attracting new love, new opportunity, and, and started doing what I do today. And because of that whole confidence building thing, I now work from the outside in. So I actually work on helping people look and feel their best so they attract what they want, starting from the outside. So I'll work with people's dating image and sex appeal, first impressions. I do a ton of makeovers. If you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com, you'll see all these before and afters. And it's so fun watching people transform, not just not just how they look, but how they feel. And you can see it in their body language. Then I go inward and I work on people's emotional intelligence. And then I take it to the streets and I work on people's social intelligence. And mm-hmm. yes, that relates to flirting, how we manage ourselves and how we you know, handle interpersonal communication. So interesting. So I wrote a, I wrote a book um, called Intermission. And one of my chapters, I talk about it's more of an inspirational kind of like self-help memoir. Um, not so much about dating, although there's some stuff about that. But but um, in one of the chapters, it's like dress, um, put your best foot forward. And I talk about how when I am not feeling my best or I'm feeling kind of down or blue or things aren't necessarily going in my direction that given day, if I kind of dress the part and show up like aesthetically, I, my mind is in a better place. I may not be on my A game, but I'm not going to be on my F game. I'll be like more on a B B plus perhaps game, you know, and it changes like the way you kind of do your day to day and go through the motions and a more upbeat passion, fashion and passion and all of that. So it's sort of similar, I guess, if you like what you see in the mirror in terms of like your dating world, then you're going to go out with a more of a, you know, a stronger mindset and have more confidence and things like that. So before we get into like what confidence is and, and I'm really curious to dive into the flirting. I've oh, yes. <laughs> That's a cool, that's a cool um, topic of conversation for sure. Like the right way to flirt or the wrong way to flirt, the better way to flirt. Like that's cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, when, when you were first, you know, getting into this dating space, did you kind of align yourself with like stylists and things like that? Or are you doing that based on like your own experience of what works and what doesn't for you and kind of sharing that information with your clientele? Yeah. So what happened is after I had that transformation happen, I got really into and interested in doing makeovers, you know? Mm. And so there's no school that you can go to, to learn how to do makeovers or image consulting formally. Now there is, but back then there really wasn't. So what happened is I, I actually did a correspondence course in the UK called style coaching and it mirrored, um, kind of the coaching aspect, but also the styling. And it was Mm -hmm. perfect, you know, to kind of combine those two. I also trained with one of the top image consultants here in LA and it kind of made it my own. Right. And so then I just started doing makeovers based on what I teach and really like how I work. I'm very scientific in the way I approach clothes. I'm not this like LA stylist that says, Oh, just wear this. You'll look fabulous. And you know, (laughs) I'm I'm being stereotypical, but really it's about people's lifestyle it's learning about your body type. It's learning about your colors and what specific 
and right for you. But then when we go over to the dating world, what's really important is having people understand what makes a sexy dating image. It should be different than your work image, your mommy image, your totally, you know, and, and I really equate it to a costume. I have a theater background as well. And I know this to be true is that when I was playing a role and I had a costume on, I embodied that. And what you were saying earlier is really true. There's actually scientific proof now that the clothes you wear really impact your performance, your moods, your behaviors. It's the easiest gateway, the quickest gateway into helping people create change. It's called enclosed cognition. There's there's actually a term for it. Wow. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. That's awesome. That is really cool. That is what I help people. So one of the first things that I do is do kind of like a closet audit. I do virtual makeovers as well. And really taking a look at how people are presenting both online Mm. and off. Because Mm. what this is about, and I know you do a lot of branding stuff too. We know this. Mm -hmm. It's it's how Mm. you're marketing yourself, right? And so this isn't about changing who you are. It's about marketing yourself in a way so that someone gets to know who you are. And when you get that like, positive feedback, it builds your confidence to help you move past maybe some of the fears or, you know, that mindset that you're in. I think that's fantastic. And I think, you know, like you say, you're, you're, you're not being, you're not encouraging people to not be themselves or be like, not be authentic to who they really are, but not, not wearing like frumpy jeans and, you know, like a, like a very like blase blah, like shirt and like outdated shoes. <laughs> It's not and a good not look. the most flattering look <laughs> in terms of your hair. It doesn't necessarily mean that even though that's your what's your comfort level and that's what you're used to, we can all use some improvements, right? I mean, myself included. We can all have a tweak and like, you know, something to our our repertoire of, of style. So I definitely think that there's nothing wrong with it. You're just looking to complement what what is you know, what the features are and what, what works for that individual and make them the best version of themselves. And I, I fully agree with you in terms of like your work outfit doesn't necessarily have to be your weekend attire for the soccer field, nor does it need to be what you wear out for drinks with a gentleman, right? Oh my God. Yeah. And here's the thing too, and this is where it ties into the confidence is that I see so many times, you know, people mistakenly think, oh, well, I can't wear a dress or I'm not sexy or, you know, whatever. But there's nothing like teaching people the correct clothes to wear and then they see themselves in a picture. I make everybody take a picture of themselves when I do these virtual makeovers. Mm -hmm. And also, because I think it's, there's something that happens that's different than when you look in the mirror. We all see something different in the mirror than usually what other people see and what like a picture says. That's true. so when that happens, there's this like aha moment and like, oh my gosh, do people think I fixed the photos? I'm like, no, I didn't fix it, honey. That's you. You're just wearing the right clothes <laughs> that actually yeah. enhances those features. And so then they start embodying that, that sex appeal. There was a woman um, I recently worked with and it's funny because she she came to me just strictly for dating coaching. And she's like, no, you know, I have good style. I wear expensive clothes. You know, that's not, doesn't mean a thing, right? It doesn't. I said, okay, you know, look, that may be true, but you know, just, you know, show up in your, in your best version of yourself, how you would, you know, show up on a date. Let's just take a look. Mm-hmm. Well, she shows up. I mean, she had expensive clothes on, but she had all beige on the clothes were not fitting her. And she had, I kid you not, 
a black shawl wrapped all the way around her like a oh, brother. Right? Talk about a cloak. <laughs> like, you stay know? away from me. I want nothing to exactly. do with you. Exactly. <laughs> like, don't touch it. It was like her love shield, you know? And I said, look, oh, I said, you're gorgeous and guys cannot see that. Because I don't think you see that. I mean, I kind of called her out because really, you know, again. You have to. Yeah. Again, like this isn't about the man or about the woman you're trying to attract. It's about you. And when you love you, you think you're sexy. That's when other people too. And that's where it all began with her. So I had to do a little intervention. And you know where I started? Very small. I said, I just want you to wear some red lipstick on for a week because she had no color in her wardrobe. And I, oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So and that so was I, a big drastic move for her then. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And I said, just see what happens. And so she's like, that's weird. I'm like, I know. Just do what I say. You paid me this money. Just do it. So she puts on the red lipstick and I have a call with her a week later. And she said, Oh my God, Kim, that magic red bullet. I'm like, what happened? She's like, no, I, I, I can't believe it. I, so I wear the lipstick and everywhere I go, guys are checking me out. They're look, they're talking to me like this never happens before. Wow. And what so, shape was it? What brand? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, I can't tell you that. We'll like, that's right part now. of like my secret. No, <laughs> yeah, I know. Great. Right. So that's that. That's the big joke. It's not really about the lipstick she, per se. No, she but, felt better about herself, right? Because she liked what she saw in the mirror, and she well, felt she looked a little bit. It was that, but also color, and this is also something that's really fun to play with, actually mm -hmm. can have a big impact in the way people see you and view you. Red. Really? Yes. Red actually is um, very highly attractive to men. Again, there's research on this. It's not just mm -hmm. me saying this. Mm -hmm. so I always suggest people wearing red in their profile because it's an eye catcher. Guys are very attracted to red. So what happened is it was a symbiotic thing, just like my red dress, is that as guys were sick, like it was a signal to them, like, mm -hmm. like a, like a, a light going off. Mm -hmm. And so she noticed them noticing her. And so then there was this energy that started getting created and that increased her confidence. So once that opening was there, mm -hmm. she was able to be more confident in talking to the guy. So what, what's really cute in the end of the story is that you know, I do both in-person and phone coaching and she did a combination mm -hmm. of the two. Okay. When we did finally go shopping, I got her these really sexy clothes and she just started owning. I mean, I turned her into this like hot number. Whereas, oh my God. Now, awesome. Like her friends go to her as being like kind of the model and taught her how to flirt. We went to the bar together. I was teaching her about just the art of flirting and the body language. I do you know, I'm kind of like hitch meets what not to wear. If you think of it. That I love way. it. All right. So can you give me a quick like tutorial on flirting? Like what would you do? People yeah. let, are listening. Don't know this, but we can actually see each other right now. So we have to try yeah. to make it as um, understandable to our listeners as possible, but <laughs> definitely I can do that. Let's say yeah. I have my bottle of water. It'll be my <laughs> Prosecco that I often order. I love it. And as all, all right. of you can hear, she has a very kind of sexy voice. And the I way do. She's I think talking. I sound like a 12 year old. You have, <laughs> you have like a, a sing songy tone to your voice, mm -hmm. which is, is, is a kind of a sexy song in your voice. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, and she has a little smile going on. That's good. Um, well, the, the, 
the end of that story, and it bleeds into what flirting is about, is that- Okay, I want to hear the rest of it. I'm sorry. And then we'll no, go back no, to- No, no, no. It's my, actually just... good because it, it, it's perfect. Because okay. in her mind, the reason why she wasn't flirting is she was getting too target specific and who she was turning it on to and who she was turning it off to. Like, she was just like, oh, well, I don't think those guys are cute, blah, blah, blah. But what I was teaching her is how to create a magnetism, an energy, so that people are just drawn to her. And oh. what happened is that she really- Really let go of all of that stuff in her head. I do that too, Kim. You do. I, I sort of do. Like, okay, I'm we're not, gonna like, have an intervention. Guys good looking. I, I'm not really one to. I'm super outgoing, but I want one to like go up to a guy in a bar or anything like that. If I was in a bar, I'm COVID nineteen. We're not anywhere right now, but let's yeah. just say for argument's sake, I was. Yeah. Um, but if they were to come over to me, I would talk. But if they were. I mean, I'm friendly, so I, I, I don't know. I guess it could go both ways. Sometimes we get the wrong idea because I'm friendly. I'm just being nice. Other times, you know, I maybe wouldn't be as out forthcoming with my flirt as I should. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. But that's, that's the point. Okay. That's the point. And, and so right. I was teaching her to be more approachable. Yes. Right? Okay. And so one day she was at a bar with all her friends after she became like, you know, the flirt queen then this guy was watching her and, you know, when she was talking to everybody, she didn't even see him, but because of the energy she exuded, he came up to her after he's like, I, I hope you don't think this is weird, but I was watching you. And I just have to say, I, I just love your energy. I mean, I'm not trying to be weird or like he was adorable. That's that guy nice. ended up being her boyfriend. Oh, that's so great. That's great. So the lesson of the story is, and this is really the true definition of flirting and to help you, we can do a little intervention even right now, um, <laughs> is that there are a ton of excuses of why women do not flirt. And it, mostly it has to do with our own definition of what flirting is about. Okay. Um, and so... If you look in the dictionary, it's really fascinating that- Really? The, What's the definition of flirt? It is to behave as though you are attracted to someone without the serious intention of an outcome. Now, okay. think about that because the last part is why people don't. They are attached to the outcome, right? They'll think, oh, well, I'm not attracted to him or, oh, I don't want him to like me for just, you know, my sex appeal or, or looks or, oh- he's not in my league or, you know, there's, I, I have a list of excuses that are like the common universal excuses, but really a lot of those excuses are either fears or things that they're getting attached to. But flirting mm -hmm. is not supposed to be about any of it other than just being playful, magnetic, and having mm -hmm. fun. And mm -hmm. I think nowadays, especially we're getting so serious. We're uh, so much of us are in our heads, in our phones, and we forget about that energy. So true. 100% agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And, and so yeah. The, the lesson, of like what you're saying is that it's really not about like the woman's fault or the man's fault. Cause like I work with men too and men mm -hmm. get mad at women because they're not approachable and women are getting mad at men because they're not approaching and like, Oh, we don't have enough, you know, alpha men anymore. And so we're at a stalemate. So no yeah. one's approaching anybody. So the solution is if we all knew that we each had a piece in approachability, mm -hmm. It makes it, it so much easier. So, yeah. 
what do the men say? Like, why do they think the women aren't approachable? Is it because they're like so engaged with like their electronics and tech and their phones or they, they look like snobby because they're not overly like exuding that fun energy that, you know, you would hope that they would. Like, so there's were... this thing called RBF. Have you heard of it? No. Resting no. bitch face. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've heard of that. Right. So this is really oh, honestly. I, think the I don't biggest... have that though. I don't I think of the opposite, but that's okay. <laughs> well, and we all have different things. <gasps> no, I know. That's what? so funny though. But go it's ahead. Very, yeah. it, no, I, you know, guys are like, oh, she's not, you know, not approachable. But really what it, it's saying is that and I do a lot of work with body language, you know, mm -hmm. 93% of communication is nonverbal. That's crazy if you think about it. So it's yeah. not even what you say, it's how you present. And so mm -hmm. when I teach flirting, and actually I've been doing a lot of um, flirt workshops online and it's been super powerful because, you know, That's here cool. we are in the COVID world, we can't really go out. Although I think it's kind of super sexy having masks. I think we can like do a lot of funny things with this. Yeah, you could like butter up your eyes and yes. flutter them and totally. yeah. like yeah I mean, I, yeah you know eye contact and smiling is one of the easiest things to practice when it comes to flirting you know that that gives the signal the smoke signal that hey i'm available i can talk yeah. to you but yeah. yes that's one of the biggest things that people do not do and so you know really just practicing that you know, and getting used to it and also notice who's noticing you. Like mm -hmm. in the story that I told, she used to not really notice guys noticing her, but she was missing a lot of opportunities. So when you mm -hmm. notice that and you can actually embrace it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's so much like magic that happens. I have endless stories of, you know, women, when I was coaching with them, met their person or get, you know, guys get attracted to them because simply the energy that they're exuding. So body language is a big culprit. Um, the other thing is the way that we present, you know, in, in the way that we dress, how, you know, messages that we're firing. Um, and then the other thing I would say is communication, you know, just giving the guys the signal that, hey, this isn't just a LinkedIn exchange and a friendly gesture. Yeah, I'm being fun. I'm being flirty. I'm, you know, being kind of more playful in my conversation and giving little like hints and, and stuff. The thing that I'm seeing online right now is mm -hmm. that people are getting caught in these boring exchanges, you know, like on Bumble, people will throw out, Hey, how are you? How are you handling things in this world? Oh like, my God. These, like, I can't tell you how many I've gotten like that. Not on Bumble. Right? But I'm like, uh, everything's amazing. I'm like, yeah. I'm having a party. <laughs> oh, we're all wearing masks, all masquerade. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh exactly. my gosh. I'm like, really? Yeah. Things are awesome over here. Just like they are for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So what would your advice be then? Like, what do you suggest? Well, you know, when I work with people, yeah. When I work with people, I love going into their profile and playing a little Cierno de Bergiac and kind of helping people progress in their conversations. Mm -hmm. And that instead of being, I call it parallel conversation or reporting, like, how was your day? Oh, my day was good. How was yours? Oh, it was good. I did this, this, and this. Oh, what did you do? I did this and this and this. Like, I can't tell you how many conversations that happened. Oh, yeah. But yeah. really, if you can look at it more and ask one question in a more playful way, have fun with it, 
tease it out, be playful, then you throw it back. It's kind of like, you know, a game of tennis, you know, where you're just having fun with each other, but not so heavy on topics like what you do yeah. for a living, politics, the oh, COVID stuff, you know, it's like, that. stay yeah, away yeah. from that, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest hacks, and I'll just share it with you that when, you know, and you can even do this online if you don't know what somebody does for a living. The, the question everybody asks is, so what do you do for a living? And I hate right. that question because especially for You're women, like fishing for like, are you successful? Like, do what do you make? Like, yeah, at least that's the way I interpret that. If but- a woman's asking a man, yeah. But like when a man asks a woman, it's the worst because what happens is that it puts the woman in masculine energy. Because Mm. then you start talking about work. Then it becomes like an interview or like just a business transaction. So true, true. You know, one thing that I really like to teach people is to get away from that topic, but you can also play a game with it. So (laughs) when I do you what was how would you do that? So I say so I I and all of you can try this. I when a guy asks me what I do for a living, I say, Well, what do you think I do? Oh yeah, that's a and good one, fun, right? Yeah. And so now, what did I do there? First of all, now we're playing a game, which is yeah. always more flirty and fun, and yeah. you have to guess. The second thing is, I get to see how he views me. So yeah. if someone guesses, if you're a, like an accountant or a librarian, you know that you have to hire me or work with somebody. Yeah. Because that's yeah. not a good guess for you. Yeah. You know, you want you want to have kind of that playfulness to it, and some guys might even be like, well, that's weird or, but, but sit with it, have fun with it. Like, no, really? Like, I don't know. Just, you just met me. So what do you think I would do based on what you know about me? And it, it that's, I think that's funny. I ask, sometimes people ask me, guys ask me, how old are you? And I'm like, how do you think I am? Yeah. Answering questions with a question and making it more fun and game and guessing that is like a conversation hack for sure. How do you get out of that, that, that parallel chatter that you mentioned though? Like if you're, go- how, what did you do today? What did you think? Would you make yeah. a funny answer back? Like, oh, I, you know, something crazy or like, t- here's, here's five like topics, like pick one. What do you think I would have done? Like out of the A, B, C, D, you know. That's cute. Like, I mean, what did you do there? That was great because you made it something that's kind of more fun rather mm-hmm. than this dry, easy vanilla mm-hmm. answer that almost mm-hmm. everybody you know, engages in. So the guy Mm -hmm. is going to now like, oh, she's fun, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's more playful. You know, there's not one or two things that are, you know, right or wrong. I have this whole social engagement formula that I teach people on how to move conversations from facts to more heart-driven emotional conversation. Mm-hmm. What I, I'd say something to keep in mind, and, and obviously like it's not something I can just throw out on a podcast because it really, a lot of women have to practice it. it takes sure. Time, and it's different for everybody. But, you know, look at your conversations and see, like, first of all, are you asking a bunch of questions? And so that the guy doesn't know like what to answer. Are you sharing things about yourself or are you just firing away questions at him? That's Uh another mistake. I I was working with a woman and she was getting really mad at this guy because the guy thought she was a robot, like a bot. 
I kid you not. I, so I said, wait a second. I need, I need that's to see the sign that you're boring. Totally. <laughs> oh I, my God. I said, that's hilarious. <laughs> I said, okay, I got to see this conversation. So she showed me, it was on Bumble. And so she showed it to me. I said, <laughs> I have to be really honest with you. I would have thought you were a robot too. And she would just lose this. And she's like, but why? And so what happened is, is she kept asking question like he, and then he would answer and she would ask another question and then he would answer. And then another, it it did seem like a bot. She wasn't sharing anything of her own, like experiences or like answering. So she wasn't relating to what he was saying and then sharing something about herself to make it more like integral conversation yeah. it was more this like bah, 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 where were you the night of you know like that's how it, <laughs> yeah. it was interrogation uh, yeah so like, again like, like a stalker psycho girlfriend i yeah. stay away like red flag right i guess yeah. in his mind she probably wasn't but like that you don't know the person not at all yeah actually was painfully shy but i have to say a cute little ending to the story is i really worked hard on her flirting skills and conversation skills and obviously i did like some deeper work with her. And Mm -hmm. she is one of my success stories now in the COVID-19 world. She met a virtual guy and they built a virtual relationship. And I just got a picture from her that they met in a park doing this, you know, the distance thing. Yeah. Um, And they are in a full-blown relationship. That's so incredible. I wanted to ask you about that. So like, I've been hearing that too, is people, I think people are getting closer because it's take that element of intimacy out. Like there's not that like weird, like when do you kiss? Do you not kiss? Like, you know, cause you're really just getting to know the person for who they are and really opening up. And I think because we're all sort of this a single folks like in this like isolated like situation you know you're more open to you have time you're more open to giving to like a person in terms of you know your availability to do zooms or whatever it may be right that's kind of sweet that's fantastic a hundred percent Mindy like it's really interesting I think what this is forcing people to do is kind of look at their stuff yeah Um, and Whereas a lot of times people were caught in loops or patterns and they were relying on the wrong things for relationships. For instance, maybe they were relying on the physical piece, right? Right. And so now they're forced to slow down and look at, well, wait a second. I didn't attract emotionally available men. So what does that say about me? Oh, maybe Mm -hmm. I need to slow down and focus on how I'm emoting, how Mm -hmm. I'm sharing myself so that I can attract that. And so I'm really teaching people to work on that online and there's not that pressure to meet the guy. And so it's actually kind of nice. And so, yeah, there's a lot of beautiful things. I have five clients right now in virtual relationships and they said it's been the best relationships they've ever had. Wow. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, that gives me some, um, I'm a little more optimistic about the dating app then. Okay. (laughs) Yes, you can do it. I'm totally here for you. We'll go out in our masks if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We could do some flirting tactics with my eyelashes. Yeah. Because you have awesome eyes. Like there, there's so much you could do with it. Yeah. And you could like change up like cute little masks and, you know, I have some something mysterious. 
selling yeah, ones it. and some like, you know, designery looking ones and stuff. So go yeah. along with the rest of my insane habits. Yeah. <laughs> Shopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my right. goodness. So funny. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, um, it's, what's the hardest thing like to change if you had to like, I don't want to say change, but it was the mm. hardest thing to kind of like, um, mold or, um, reinvent not completely drastically do a, a, you know, a 180 on someone, but like to, to, to give them like some sort of like guidance is what's the hardest thing to do to a mm. client and what is maybe a harder sort of resistance cut you kind of receive on the other end, if you will. It's a really good question. So, you know, on a deeper level, and this is where me being a therapist kind of comes in because right. I'm, I'm sure not, that's very handy. Yeah. I'm not this kind of cookie cutter approach coach that says, Hey, you know, one size fits all, you know, really for me, when I sit down with people, I like to get a good history and mm -hmm. understand their journey from the time they were an embryo all the way up until now and figure out where patterns existed. So, you know, I believe our past is connected to the future and the choices we make and the patterns that get created. And so I really more, you know, these days consider myself an authentic dating strategist than anything else. It's really coming up with a strategy around doing a pattern disruption, which mm -hmm. gives people hope because I think we all get caught up in loops because the loop is what we know. So we stay in that loop because we're comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do, even though it might not be good for us, it's just what we know. So like right. if you grew up with a narcissistic parent. Yeah you are going to attract and be attracted to narcissistic people as a way of trying to make sense of it, re, you know, right. have a corrective experience around it. So I think the biggest thing that prevents people from change is fears. And so mm. it's detecting where those fears are coming from first and foremost and seeing mm -hmm. those patterns, but then mm -hmm. sitting down with a person and really looking at the three areas that I work in. And that's like what I said before. And it's part of what I call the charisma quotient, which is the name of my podcast. It's the name of the formula that I work in and looking at your style intelligence, your emotional intelligence, and your social intelligence. And mm -hmm. it's like, where are the pieces that are missing in those three areas to plug in so mm -hmm. that we can make you complete so that you can get a different result. And, and the thing, and this is the empowerment piece for me, for other people, is that it's not about the man. It's not about uh, anybody else, but it's about you because you can't change anybody else. Right. You can't right. change the way you're doing things to get a different result. Right. Um, I'll right. give you, I guess the best way to answer it is in a in story. I was working with this woman and she came to me and said, you know, I don't know what's going on with me. I can't change. And I... I just want help finding my soulmate. I said, great, but there might be some work we have to do to get there. You exactly. know, that's right. too big of a goal, right? So we worked a lot and really at the end of the day, it had to do with her self-esteem. So we did work on her style. We had to fix her pictures, but we also had to fix how she viewed herself. She had really low self-worth. She always mm -hmm. like got messages she wasn't good enough. So mm -hmm. I had to create the belief in her that she was good enough. And that's where it all started. At the end of the coaching, this was just phone coaching. She attracted this great guy. And she said to me, Kim, I, for the first time, am the happiest that I've ever been. But the funny thing is, is here I have this soulmate, this guy in my life, but that's not really what I'm happy about. I said, really? What are you happy about? She said, I'm happy about me. That's great. I, what know? a gift you gave her. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, I, I know. I, I like get teary eyed when I think about it. I said, yeah, you know, and she's like, this never was about the man, was it? I said, no. Mm. She's like, it was about me. 
That's fantastic. Well, we're out, completely out of time and I usually wrap up with some advice, but you've given us all advice and I'm oh. super grateful <laughs> as is my, as are my listeners. I'm certain. Where can people find you if they want to further, you know, connect and maybe look and list in your services, Kim, can you share? Yeah. Well, you know, I have a podcast as well. It's called the Charisma Quotient. You can check it out. It's all over the place, yeah. but also um, my website's probably the easiest. If you go to Kimmy Seltzer, K-I-M-M-Y-S-E-L-T-Z-E-R.com. You can find there and um, all my social media handles are Kimmy Seltzer as well. And yeah, I would definitely, and I'd love to provide your listeners for a free gift if you want to, to get a um, free body type guide so that they can start building their confidence from the outside in and they know what like body shape they are and they know how to dress for their figure. So I'm happy to provide that. Thank you. I love that. Listen up, everybody. Get in touch for your guide. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time. And thank you for all of the great um, support that you offer men and women out there trying to find love and most importantly, love themselves, which is the ultimate ring that we're all racing for. So thank you so much again. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.